Welcome to Stu's EV Universe, where you can find anything and everything electric vehicle. Today I have the pleasure of having Maggie Smith, uh, who does the TikTok Girl Meets Tesla. Welcome, Maggie. Yes, I started this journey about two years ago. Um, I started posting online during the pandemic. Everybody else I knew was kind of doing all the different trends on TikTok, and I knew that I needed a new car, and so I started posting and made it into something more than I ever thought I imagined it being. Yeah, no, this is great. And I mean, first of all, you, you are, am I correct, you're 25 years old? Correct, yes. Okay, that in itself is is a, a bit unusual. Um, in that uh, I have, uh, our listeners love, I think they love demographics. So uh, I have a 2022 article uh, from uh, the Fuels Institute, and it's basically saying as of uh, 2021, uh, actually, uh, 2020, owners of EVs were predominantly middle-aged white men earning more than $100,000 per year. Uh, it goes on to say men make up 75% of individuals who purchase battery electric vehicles. Uh, people aged 55 plus make up 53.6% of battery electric vehicle owners. Those earning 100,000 plus annually make up 57% of BEV owners. And 87% of EV owners in the U.S. are white and similar uh, demographics for plug-in hybrid vehicles. Now, obviously, we're in 2023, so I'm hoping and I assume that, that those stats are a bit better now, but probably not that much different. Um, so you're kind of bucking the trend a little bit. Can you kind of tell me... I guess we'll start at the beginning. Why electric vehicle? And and you also seem to, um, if, if I have this correct, your family wasn't necessarily on board with this. Correct. So when I made this decision, I had gotten to a hit and run accident. So I did need a car at the time. When that came about, I kind of kept it on the down low. I started posting on TikTok because I knew that anyone in their right mind would be like, why are you posting to all these people? you know, what is the point? So I was like, I really believe that, you know, electric is going to be the new wave of the future. And I mean, it already had been for many years. A lot of people were gaining traction to Tesla and other EVs. And so I started shopping around. I pretty much had one class canceled um, during the pandemic. And I turned around, got in the car, drove to Cincinnati, which was the nearest Tesla, like, quote unquote, dealership and went up there, test drove the car, and then put my $100 down the next day. My family did not know for probably about six months. Um, I got my first um, phone call while I was at work saying my car was ready. And then I was like, okay, I need to tell somebody. So I rushed home, um, kind of told my grandparents and said, how am I going to break this to my mother? She was very anti-new uh, car, very anti-electric. So I had to figure out how to make this a selling point to my family, um, which was very hard. My mom was very not for it until she drove it home. Um, now I think that is in the cards for her next car is maybe driving an electric vehicle. And yeah. Now, is there is there a kind of an underlying reason for electric vehicles? I mean, some people do it for environmental reasons. Some people do it for the tech, um, you know, there's there's a lot of reasons you could do this. Obviously, well, and you paid cash for the Tesla, am I correct? Correct. With yes. That? Yeah. So, I mean, obviously, uh, 
at, at 25, you worked hard for this. There, there has to be sort of some sort of underlying motivation for, you know, kind of going the distance and doing something very unusual. You know, people much older get car loans and, you know, you, you wanted this. Why? So when I started the account about two years ago, my first post was explaining why. And when I got on there, I had no clue what I was going to say, but I knew that I was going to work like hell to get there. So I had a lot of student loan debt, a lot of different debts from credit cards, other means of money that was just owed out. And I thought, there's no way when I hit that, the car hit the back end of me, I was like, there's no way I can live another day like this. And I have to find a reason to get my life together. So the car kind of gave me a purpose to getting my life together. I ended up working three jobs for an entire year. Um, I would probably go to bed and wake up in an hour and work again. It was like nonstop crazy. So I worked my butt off because I really did truly believe that, yes, I wanted to make an environmental change, but I also wanted to show that you could do this too, no matter the age, no matter the, you know, uh, current living situation you're in, that this is a possibility for anyone. It's just hard work and dedication. And there's no marketing scheme behind me. There's no, you know, if you invest $200 in this stock, you're going to be rich. It was no <laughs> um, push like that. It was just showing, you know, I learned a lot of things. I, I had no clue what a savings account looked like. I had no clue what it looked like to even if I needed to pull out a loan for a car loan, what that was going to look like. So I kind of went through and educated people along the way of what that process looks like for somebody young looking to buy a new car, um, what, you know, what it looked like to invest into an electric car, what were you going to need? Um, there was a lot of education that was not being published, um, and especially since there's so many young people you see driving around Teslas now, I feel like there's a lot of famous people, a lot of influencers on the internet. I felt like it needed to be touched. Like, what what exactly is it like to be that person, to drive that car? Um, it's a very dreamlike car and futuristic, so I figured it was important to touch on. So it's almost, if I could, like, you know, equate it to a, a runner or something. It was, it was really trying to kind of test yourself and see what you are capable of, um, you know, in, like you're saying, three jobs. That's that's not an easy thing to do. So you're kind of pushing your own limits. Correct. Yes. I, I was pushing every limit possible. I was doing anything I could to make this a reality for me. Um, it's a very hard thing to do, especially when you don't know what you're doing. I didn't ask my family for any guidance. Most people usually seek their family if they're going to buy a new car or invest in anything. So I, I did it all on my own. I mean, I remember going to my bank and telling the lady, I was like, I don't know even how to check my credit score. I was like, I assume you go somewhere and you know, you know, and she was like, let me help you. And there were so many people that helped me along the way and taught me a lot of important things. By the time I had talked to my family, there was a lot um, of learning as well. There was a lot of things that they presented as possible problems with having an electric car, which I demystified every single one of them by the time the car got here. And can you talk a little bit about, you know, the jobs that you worked? I, I know one of them you said, uh, I believe, was the Apple store. Can you kind of fill in, did some of these jobs help you on this journey uh, as far as uh, kind of getting where you, you wanted to get? Yes. So my main focus is nursing. I, I'm actually in school to go back 
Well, I went back to school after I graduated for nursing. And so I work in the healthcare field. I work in an emergency room hospital in Louisville. Um, outside of that, I've worked at Apple two, to- two separate times. I worked there once when I was in college for my first degree, and then a second time when I wanted to buy this car. Um, I kind of keep that job in my back pocket whenever I need it. They're a wonderful place to work for, and there's a lot of education that you get. Wh- whatever field you're going into, they teach you a lot. So when I started back, I, I had kind of actually was in there for buying a product, And my manager had pulled me aside and said, we need you, please come back. And I said, well, perfect, I'm buying a Tesla. And (laughs) that was kind of the momentum behind that. I started working there and we have actually a group at Apple. It's um, the Apple Apple Tesla group. And they basically just sit there and chat about their cars and kind of share different pieces of information. Um, I think about now we have like 10 people that are alone in that store that own Teslas. They all park together at, at the mall. And it's just a unique experience. And that kind of pushed it even further. I had, you know, a really good support group to kind of touch on and ask questions and kind of support me along the way through purchasing this car. Now, again, maybe going back to demographics a little bit, being a woman in this space, have you experienced any hardships? How's the acceptance been for, for, for doing this kind of thing? I don't feel like it's a very different atmosphere than anyone else buying a car. Um, I do think that there isn't as many females in this space. Um, I can tell you I was one of two people at the Apple store that owned a Tesla, so most of them were predominantly male. Um, But I don't feel like it was any different. Most people are really interested at my age in a high-tech car. When they go to purchase a car today, they're wanting to know what kind of features does it have, not what kind of gas mileage does it have. Um, So there is a huge push towards the technology side of things, and I I have not incurred that. But I do kind of coin myself as the Tesla feminist in a way. Um, I definitely want to advocate for women that are looking to, you know, become successful. And I want to see them succeed, and I want to see them get to a point where they feel confident and they feel glad that they made a decision to go electric. So... It's interesting to see. I've, I've noticed a huge shift. I have people that reach out to me all the time being like, how did you do this? What can I do? And a lot of those people are, are women that are wanting to be in that field and wanting to be in that scene. Um, comments, you know, uh, have you predominantly received positive comments uh, on your, your videos? Have there been some less than positive comments? I mean, I've, I've not through my podcast, but through some writing that I've done in the EV space, I've, I've definitely experienced both. Can you talk to that a little bit? You definitely get a lot of both. I think I would say there's the good outweighs the bad. You definitely get a lot of good comments. I've had a lot of great people that have connected with me over the years and have reached out to me and said wonderful things, but I've also experienced a lot of the bad. I think the bad is what grows your platform the most. Um, there's so much like negative connotation towards EVs, and on top of that, that negative connotation is a lot of misunderstanding. Um, so many people don't understand what you're talking about, and when you like reply to a comment and make a video about it, there's so many people that are like, oh my gosh, I didn't know that. And it's like, well, that's why I'm here to kind of facilitate that education. Uh, There's a lot of things that I just 
feel like aren't touched on at all when you go to purchase the car. I mean, you can only ask so many questions, but there's no marketing behind Tesla. There's not a lot of marketing on EVs right now and what the like hard facts are. And our government system doesn't really allow for an education space. They're offering a tax credit, but we don't have a huge education behind it. It's just, here's this tax credit if you want to buy an electric car, but there's still gas cars right there in case you need those too. So there's not a whole lot of push for education. And that's why like places such as um, Evolve Kentucky and other nonprofits are so beneficial to educate the population and introduce people into electric cars and finding like more information out that they wouldn't have found just from a Google search or watching somebody else's video on social media. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point. I mean, education is really sort of the cornerstone of what these car groups throughout the nation are doing. Um, I know, yeah, personally through Evolve KY, um, you know, the the nonprofit that I started a little over eight years ago, basically, you know, we have Drive Electric Earth Day coming up. And I am floored. We have like a huge list of uh, events that we're doing that Friday and Saturday. I mean, it's it almost takes my breath away as far as we've never experienced that before. So folks are really wanting to learn more. The EV space has really changed a lot where there's a tremendous amount of interest. So these folks that are doing these environmental events they're immediately thinking about electric cars too and how that can be a big part of their event or a part of their event. So um, yeah, it's, it's going to be a job just finding enough people to uh, <laughs> to be at all these events, uh, which is a good problem to have. So uh, yes. you know, that's, that's kind of neat. Are there some videos that are your favorite from what you've done so far? Yes, I would say there definitely has been some favorites. I know that some of my favorites are any video that's kind of demystifying a negative comment, which I know is funny since you were like, are there negative comments? That's one of my favorite things to do. I love to sit there and teach somebody something that they don't know. If, if it wasn't for all the hours I spent on YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, I mean, I spent probably a good every minute that I was free watching a video learning as much as I could about electric vehicles and what that looked like. And so I love to sit there and educate people that think it's not possible to own one. It doesn't get enough range. Any kind of questions that people have, that is my favorite part is being able to share how seamless and how simple it is to own an electric car. I haven't been to a gas station since. It's it's great. I, I, I don't ever have to think about, oh my gosh, I need gas. Oh my gosh, do I have money for gas? Anything like that. It's just you wake up and you go, and it's it's a beautiful thing to experience. Now, is this a, kind of a, a, a passion project for you? Are you able to, at this point, make a little bit of money from this? I find it really fascinating, like the advertising piece, because uh, way before my time, there were kind of radio shows, you know, and people would congregate around this big radio, and it wasn't like these well-produced television ads that, you know, you see the ads today and on the Super Bowl and stuff. And, you know, these companies are spending insane amounts of money for these well-produced ads. But they were really more kind of crunchy granola, kind of homespun, 
you know, here's these products. Ideally, you believe in the products and, and you tell your audience about them. If, ideally, if you can fit it into, you know, what you're doing as far as the, the content of, of your videos, that's great too. How does that all work for you? I, I find it really interesting because you're, you're not only, you know, creating content, but you're also looking at the other side of it too, as far as, you know, continuing doing this. Yes. So this is definitely a passion project I didn't know was going to turn into something more. I always wanted, like as a little girl, I remember just like watching so much stuff on social media. I guess this dates how old I am. Like social media was around. I remember scrolling through Facebook and then graduating from Facebook to Instagram. And I can remember in college following like a fashion influencer and thinking, wow, her life looks so great. I would love to live her life. Like who doesn't want free clothes from my favorite brands? Um, so now it's kind of turned into something that was a dream for me that is becoming a reality. Like I always thought that it would be unique to get on the internet and kind of share my life in a different sector of it. Um, I didn't know it was going to grow to like 15,000 people on TikTok and more than that on, on my other social media platforms. I have been able to turn this into, I always joke and say it's like my part-time job. Um, it, it definitely streams some income with being an influencer of any type, you're going to have a sporadic income. So nothing is consist consistent. Everything is kind of all over the board. You may get a brand deal one month, they may not pay you for two months. So it, it's unique to see that and kind of learn that side of social media. There's a lot of marketing yourself. You have to be confident that you know what you're selling and you know that it's valuable and that your group of people would support you on that, which is very unique because not everybody is going to buy whatever product you put out there. But if you can trust that your followers will, it, it can grow you and you don't need, you know, a million followers, two million followers, as long as somebody believes in you. Um, and if you have a solid small group of that, you're going to always end up being successful. Now, Again, as someone that's 25 years old, I, I'm making the assumption that you don't own a home. Uh, is that that that's correct? Correct. Okay, so um, I don't know what your living situation is, but if you have an apartment or you, or you live with your family, is charging uh, a challenge for you? I mean, how have uh, because that's something when you know it makes sense when when you're thinking about buying an electric car, you have to think about the fuel. How how has that worked for you? So it's, it's pretty unique. I actually did decide to move back home. Um, there was numerous reasons that came into that decision after my first degree. I was like, I need to be home to focus on my second degree. My next big goal, and that's kind of where I've shifted on my TikTok a little bit, is talking about what is it going to look like for me now that I have this car? What are my other goals that I'm trying to align with? And what more do I want to achieve? Obviously, that would be buying a home. There's some stipulations with that. I would love to have a garage to charge my electric vehicle and things like that. But I'll be happy with, you know, a four walls and a window. <laughs> so my main goal is to kind of um, focus on that. So back to charging, I charge my car mainly at home. I know I'm probably one of the only people that owns an electric car that ch charges just with a plug outlet. I don't have a dryer outlet. I don't have any fancy type of outlet, just your regular, what you plug your phone in with and charge. That's the outlet I'm charging my car with. I find that that works great for me. And not a lot of people can argue that point. I feel like there's very few people that say, well, I just plug it into a regular outlet. I feel like 
almost 100% of the people that I talk to that drive electric say, well, I installed this dryer outlet, and then $1,000 later, I can now plug my car in the garage, or I can plug it in on the outside of my house. I looked into it. I did consider it as an option, but I, I realized that there was really no point for me to install something on our house. The more I realized that there was chargers in pretty much all four corners of my life, I just felt like it wasn't needed. My grandparents' apartment complex just installed chargers on their apartments, so I can charge there when I'm visiting. I find that I have chargers at my gym. I have chargers at my work. And I'm, whenever I go shopping, there's like Tesla superchargers right near where I go shopping. So I've, I've found that there's pretty much any corner of my life. I never have to like worry about, oh my gosh, I'm going to be out of range or what am I going to do? Because anywhere that I go, I'm going to be plugging in. So it, it's worked out beautiful for me. Not everyone can say that that's going to be their circumstance. I have family that lives in a small town and they don't even own a supercharger in their area. So their family hasn't even considered going electric because they're like, well, what would I do? And I've tried to educate, you know, like if you do go into investing in a, a better outlet, you could charge your car that way. But it's just one of those things you have to be at this point, you know, in an area that allows for charging if you're not going to plan to install other items onto your home or invest more into the car. Yeah, I mean, that's a great point because a lot of people, it's almost like a, a knee-jerk reaction where, okay, I need to install, you know, a, a level two charger in, in my home, you know, or, or on my property. And that's not necessarily the case. I, I think the smarter way of going about it is what you've done, which is you look at your situation and I, I know a handful of people um, that, you know, a 110 outlet in their garage. And if you don't do a lot of driving, if it's mostly around town, and I think a lot of people uh, kind of fit that description. Yes. That's all, you, that's all you really need. And it's almost like a macho thing. I see it all the time where people are like, oh, you know, 50 amps. And, you know, they're just thinking bigger and bigger and faster and faster and better. And. And yeah, you know, if you have an emergency and, or, or something comes up and, and I, I guess, you know, it's probably better to have your car always at the ready, you know, but um, the vast majority of your charging, again, is, is kind of around town. And if you're charging overnight, you can get a, a, a good amount of charge overnight. Exactly. And I'm, I'm happy to hear about, you know, the destination charging, you know, or the opportunity charging that you do. I know that some of those are Evolve KY chargers, which is great, like at, yes. at, your, gym, at your gym and, and at, at some coffee shops and stuff. And there you can have, take advantage of the level two charging while you're, you know, working out or, you know, doing some work at a coffee house, which is really great. You know, and and you don't have to spend that kind of money at home. I mean, I, I know some people that are are going down that route, and yeah, honestly, they they probably don't need that. It would be better served by just trying, you know, one ten for a while, a few weeks, and uh, it most likely will serve their needs. So, can you talk a little bit about your car? Do you have a name for your car? And and. What has your experience been with your car? Well, I remember when I was picking up my car, uh, my boyfriend and his best friend, they call him Turbo. Um, the name was coined because his brother's name is Tyler and his best friend's name is Tyler. So it kind of became a joke between we need to name it after another Turbo in the family. 
Um, and then it was kind of like, well, it's kind of a fast car, but without the turbo. So it, we kind of were joking around. And so we settled on Turbo 22 because I picked it up in 22. I don't know if the name will change. I have played around with different names. I just haven't come up with anything more creative. So excuse me for being pretty generic. <laughs> Otherwise, um, my car is great. I have not made very many modifications to it. I am hoping to install maybe this summer um, some sort of lights in the car. You know, if you've seen any kind of Mercedes type interior, they have that beautiful lighting that goes through the car. And I actually saw um, somebody else that I follow on TikTok showcasing what they had done. And they said it took them like an entire day, if not two days to install. So it would be a big project, but I do think it would make it a very unique experience at night in the car. Haven't got the windows tinted, haven't done a ceramic coat. There's all sorts of things on my list to do that I haven't ended up doing yet. I, I've tried to learn and appreciate the car for what it is the first year before I make any changes to it. So that was kind of my stipulation. Let me see how it charges with just a plug outlet my first year. Let me see what I think about, you know, everyone being able to see into me when I'm driving down the road. Like I was like, I don't know how I'm going to feel about this. I came from tinted windows. I came from like lighting in the car, different little fun things. So I want to turn my page kind of into, okay, let me show you all these little passion projects I've picked up and let me see how I can learn how to do these things. You see a lot of people on the internet kind of sharing, well, I put this kit on my car and it's like some guy and this garage doing all this and I'm like let's show like a female doing this like a woman can do these things and they can learn so much I mean yeah I'm not opening the engine of my car and looking at it because I don't have one so let me show you the little fun things that I can do with my car so I have a huge Amazon wish list of things that I want to purchase and then I have a few things from different like Tesla websites and there's other brands that kind of build onto the car, you know, put carbon fiber pieces here and there. So I know that that's kind of in my goals for this summer because I know I'm going to have a little bit more free time. Last summer I traveled a lot. So this summer is going to be mainly focused on, OK, what can I do to change my car, add some personality to it? I would love to kind of, you know, either change my license plate, which I don't know, after the last meeting at Evolve, you know, we touched on somebody getting billed a bunch of toll bridge bills. So I'm like, oh, I hope that that wouldn't happen. But something like personalizing it so people recognize me and know me as Girl Meets Tesla. So that's kind of the future of working with the car and adding to it. Yeah, I, I, I'm a big fan of the personalized plates. I, I think that's great. Um, I think what we heard at the meeting was kind of an exception. Um, but it's, it's a great way to, and my background's marketing, so I think it's a great way to market what you're doing and, uh, and make your vehicle a little bit different. Um, I'm assuming there has been little to no uh, issues with the car as far as maintenance. Absolutely none. The only yeah. issue I can talk about is some curb rash, which we won't talk about because that is just not, that didn't happen. We're going to just say it didn't happen. It definitely did. If yeah. you own a Tesla, you know that story to a T. It, it pretty much happens immediately when you own it. Um, we were leaving Chicago. I was with me and my mom picking up the car and we were going to get a Chicago dog before we left because that was our goal. Um, I left the parking lot and the curb rash occurred right in the parking lot of Tesla and I turned around and was like, oh, my God. <laughs> I was like, I haven't even had this car for two seconds. So, um, 
Yeah, there is curb rash that occurs. That is something that I also would have learned how to fix on my own. Um, (laughs) I don't know how it occurs, but it occurs. I've never dinged the side of my car wheels ever in my life. And so I don't know how it happens to these cars, but it's a thing. It's a definite thing. Yeah, we hear about that all the time. And I, I find it interesting because, you know, you're, you're talking about ceramic coating and window tinting. And, and I kind of think these things, they're talked about a lot and they're cropping up. And it's almost because with electric cars, you don't have a lot of these maintenance issues that you have with traditional cars, that people are used to spending money on their vehicles. So now they're perhaps spending money on things that are kind of quote-unquote enhancing their vehicle how necessary i mean you know there's there's i don't know how necessary these things are i'm kind of of the belief that you can get your car and enjoy your car and and you don't have to do all these extra things to it but some people uh, really enjoy that and it's part of the whole experience for them i guess i watched uh, a tiktok of yours and it talked about branching out from TikTok, you know, maybe looking at YouTube or podcasting. Do you think that TikTok is it for the short term, the long term? And what are kind of some, you know, benefits and drawbacks to the to the platform? I think TikTok is a great starting point for anyone wanting to get into social media. It's obviously the hot button place to be right now. If you're on the internet, you're on TikTok. If you're a young person, you're on TikTok. It's the easiest way to market and advertise because it's got this endless scrolling that you can just scroll forever. So it really hooks people in. If somebody gets to your page and they find one piece of your page interesting, they'll sit there and mindlessly scroll through the rest of your information. And I think it's a great way to promote who you are But there's so much more to you than that. And there's so many different avenues. I feel like podcasting has really taken a new toll on today. Um, I feel like a lot of people are going from, okay, that's cool that you have this social media following, but I'd like to like listen to an hour long podcast while I'm on my commute or while I'm going to the gym, I want to listen to this. Uh, I feel like that is something that I've definitely shifted from. And I know that a lot of people are very much interested in sitting here and listening to mindless conversation, as I call it, because some of it's, yes, very educational, but it's nothing that's taxing, you know, um, very mindless to listen to and very relaxing in my p- point of view. So I think that in the future for me, I would love to maybe start some sort of side about like feminism and purchasing electric vehicles, some sort of something like that in a podcast. I know I've also looked into maybe doing a little bit of YouTube. I think that there needs to be a little bit longer form content. Tesla is such a short form content platform or not Tesla. TikTok is such a short form content. So I feel like going from TikTok to YouTube would be so helpful to kind of expand on some of these points that need to be touched on educate a little bit longer. Um, You can't fit everything into a minute or a three-minute video. There's a lot to go over with the car itself, and there's a lot to touch on in general with learning how to drive an electric vehicle. Uh, I know that the market is kind of oversaturated with a lot of people talking about it already on YouTube. I mean, I spent endless hours on that app reading and learning and watching. So I, I would say that it would be something that is for the future, but I would have to put my own spin on it for it to succeed. Yeah, yeah. And then I, I, I'm kind of wondering about Girl Meets Tesla. What The name, how did that happen? So it started out with the the idea of Boy Meets World, but 
I didn't want it to be Girl Meets World, but I kind of looked at it as a futuristic way. I knew that I was not going to, when I started my TikTok, I knew I didn't own the car at the time. So I knew I was going to meet the car eventually. It was just a matter of time. So when I started it, I kind of had this idea of, okay, in six months, I'm going to buy this Tesla. I'm going to change my whole life in six months. I knew the car would probably take another six months to come in. So I had like really a year, but the idea was in six months, I would at least have, you know, a little bit of money saved up. I could put my $100 down and everything else. I had an idea that I would have some time or some time to kind of curate the money to align with maybe buying it in full. Um, But that was my whole idea was I'm going to buy this car in full. Whatever happens, it's going in full. That full down, no looking back. So that was really tough, but that was how the name kind of came about. No, oh, that's great. Is there anything else that, that I haven't touched on that you, you wanted to talk about? or? No, I believe that you you ask a lot of wonderful questions. I had so much Thank fun you. speaking with you, and this I, I just enjoyed learning so much, too. No, it's it's inspirational. I'm, I'm happy that you're uh, spending a, f- a few moments with us today, and um, thanks for coming on. I, I appreciate it. Well, thank you. I, I enjoyed it. We'll have to do this again. Sounds good. Thank you for listening to this episode of Stu's EV Universe. I would like to thank Eden Unger for creating the artwork and the music for this episode. Remember, please rate, review, subscribe, and share, as that's the only way we can continue to grow. Now you can support us on Patreon by going to patreon.com slash EVU. Remember, the EV revolution runs on your energy. I'm Stuart Unger. See you next time.